Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 24, and I'm pretty sure you're going to hear some things today you've never heard before. I learned some things I've never known before. Part of the reason for that is because this text is wedged between two very popular texts, one being the birth of Jesus and two being the story of Simeon, which we'll get to tomorrow. Another reason is because much of the significance in this text ties back to the Old Testament, texts that we aren't that familiar familiar with because we don't spend much time in the Old Testament. So buckle up. This is amazing and fascinating stuff. Let's jump into verse 21. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. We'll stop right there. So way back in the Old Testament, God prescribed a way for Jewish people to mark themselves as being part of God's family. And that marking for males was circumcision. It was supposed to happen on the eighth day. Science has since taught us that the eighth day of a person's life is actually the day when the blood coagulates the most or the best, which is amazing and fascinating part of God's design. Of course, you'd want this to happen when the child is least likely to bleed out. That's the eighth day. Also, when he was circumcised, they gave him the name Jesus. This is the name that the angel told his parents to name him, and it's modeled after the Old Testament name Joshua, Yeshua. It means Yahweh saves or the Lord saves. In every other case where somebody was named Joshua, Joshua or Yeshua, it was referring to the expectation that the Lord, someone out there outside of this person named Yeshua, would eventually save his people. In this case, it's referring to the Lord, i.e. Jesus, i.e. the person who has that name being the Lord who saves. Amazing. How cool is that? Verse 22, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So you can understand why Western Gentile New Covenant Christians would read over this and go, I have no idea what that means. Let's keep moving on to something that I can just understand without having to think too hard about it. So I did a little bit of research. What is all this time of purification and presenting him to the Lord and sacrifices? Well, this is all very fascinating. And let me just say, I got a lot of this from a commentary called the Grace Commentary. I'm going to link it in our show notes today so you can check this out. I'd highly recommend that you read through it. I don't have enough time to go through all the details, but it really is intriguing and insightful. So back in Exodus 13, God set it up that the firstborn of every Jewish family, including the firstborn of their animals, should be given to him. Of course, the animals are sacrificed. You're not going to sacrifice the humans, but they were to be committed to the service of the Lord, to take care of the work of the Lord, the work of the tabernacle. Not much later in Exodus 32, God kind of redefines that and he actually gives that responsibility to the Levites. That's the Israelite people from the tribe of Levi. So because the Lord has the Levites taking care of the service of the tabernacle, the service of the temple, he doesn't also need the firstborn humans to be devoted to the service of the Lord as well. So he set up a process whereby the firstborn child of a family could be redeemed or bought back from the service of the Lord. He already had 
people doing his service, the Levites. He didn't need these firstborn children to do the service of the Lord anymore. And so their parents were given a process by which they could buy back or redeem their child. And this is what it meant to present Jesus to the Lord. He was Mary's firstborn and he was not a Levite. So part of what they would have done when they presented Jesus to the Lord in Jerusalem is take care of that. Now, what is it with this firstborn deal? Well, this is meant to help the Israelites remember what God did in taking the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt through the plagues. Finally, the 10th plague got Pharaoh's attention and that plague was that the firstborn child and the firstborn animal throughout Egypt would be killed. Of course, God gave a command to his people to put the blood of an unblemished lamb over their doorpost and the angel of death would pass over that door, therefore sparing the firstborn children in the homes of obedient Israelites. So this firstborn being commissioned to the service of the Lord and later being redeemed from the service of the Lord was a nod back to what God had done to save the Israelites in Exodus. Not only that, but the mother of Jesus would have been unclean for seven days after his birth and then for another 33 days following that. So it's likely that when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to be presented in Jerusalem at the temple, they also took care of the ceremonial purification of Mary following her giving birth to Jesus, probably somewhere around the 40th day after Jesus' birth. We get a little bit of insight into the fact that Mary and Joseph were probably not very wealthy, maybe poor, because actually for Mary to be purified, she's supposed to give a burnt offering of a lamb and a sin offering of a turtle dove or a pigeon. But if you couldn't afford a lamb, then you could do it with turtle doves and pigeons alone. Of course, we see that she did turtle doves and pigeons. They're not wealthy. They can't afford a lamb. And that signals to us what their economic status was. So all this information is interesting and good, but what does it have to do with anything related to us? Well, one thing that crossed my mind is that Mary and Joseph were obviously very devout followers of God. They were committed to going through the correct rituals, the way that God had prescribed under the old covenant. And even though we're not under the old covenant today, even though we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, I hope that any of us who are parents, or let's be a little more broad, anybody who's a grandparent, or anybody who has influence over young children in any capacity. If we're followers of Christ, if we're serious about his word, then we should also prioritize the spiritual health of children we have impact on. Whether they're our children in our home, whether they're high school guys that play on a basketball team that we coach, neighbor kids, nieces or nephews, let's be intentional to guide them and teach them in the ways of the Lord. Fewer and fewer people are committed to that, so these kids around us are having fewer and fewer inputs toward that end. If you take time to read the article I've linked in the show notes, I think you'll be amazed at all the other details that I'm leaving out. So I really encourage you to take a look at that. And maybe as a result, we would be inspired to, like Mary and Joseph, be much more meticulous and intentional about getting kids started early in their walk with the Lord. After all, getting a good education, having a successful career, being a good basketball player pales in comparison. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which has aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.